Welcome to Talking Instinct, the podcast series from Instinct HR that shares insights and ideas to help you inspire and engage your teams and the people around you. Our guests include inspiring leaders, small business owners, coaches, and industry experts. Today, we welcome Adrian Mee, co-founder and director of WKM Wealth, who are independent financial planners and investment managers. Adrian specialises in financial uh, retirement financial planning and inheritance planning. Um, Adrian, I'm conscious there's a lot of uh, wealth managers uh, out there. What what makes you different to all the others? Ah, uh, yeah, good question. I guess you know I was a, myself a financial advisor for for 19 years before co-founding WKM, and where we found there was a niche is to link tightly financial advice to investment management and to be independent in in doing so. So those two components of a client picture need to be run independently, but then collaborate. So for example, uh, recommending a client place their £20,000 into an ISA, commonly that's delivered at the end of the tax year. You know, mm-hmm. Don't miss your allowances, put the money in then, which means the money will then be invested very quickly into the chosen portfolio and then reviewed on an agreed timeline, typically every six months, every 12 months. Now, we do it differently. Mm. So we will have a conversation with you at the start of the tax year to say there's an allowance of £20,000 to use in your ISA at some point over the next 12 months. Let's decide when that should be from your own cash flow point of view, but also from the investment market's point of view. So we try and finesse entry into markets. So you may say to us, okay, Adrian, start of the tax year, Here's my £20,000 for the ISA. We then take that on board. Then our investment team will choose when they build that strategy for you. Mm. So we will have pre-designed you to be a medium risk or high risk or cautious or income-based strategy. And the stocks you will ultimately buy will be similar across those same category of clients. But you all have different entry points. And we do not want to invest all of our clients' money on the Monday when we feel that some of those stocks in that portfolio should be given a bit more time to build a position. So we try and build asset positions for clients gradually over time. We do not feel the pressure of investing capital all in one go Mm. because we have a management structure around it that says that we can take our time with that, which then allows for the two parts of the business, financial advice and investment management, to be independently run per client individually. Okay. So it's quite common in financial advice that you'll have one advisor that almost dictates or almost decides, sorry, the investments you should make and where they should be, whereas we have a different team to, to do that independently of the advisors. Mm. Um, that allows the advisor to focus on what truly matters, the long-term objectives for the client and the short-term tactics to, to get you there, mm. to finesse at which point we pick up the valuable tax wrappers of pension contributions, of ISA contributions, considering your your maybe you run a limited company that has cash that is struggling to to make you know any kind of return from. We have accounts that can accommodate those funds as well. Also, trust planning. Uh, part of my 20-year career has been heavily trust-based, so I've got a really good understanding of, of how those work, which tend to be legacy kind of positions. Mm. So we can also inherit legacy positions for clients that are already invested, 
then the investment team can work them into that chosen long-term strategy. Yeah. And it avoids this kind of cold bath approach when you're either changing financial advisors or adopting a financial advice that you're jumping in with all of your capital on one day and that's your start point. Whereas we just love to take it gradually and, and, and approach this bit by bit, almost piecemeal, to say, we, we know where you are. There's nothing wrong with what you've got, but naturally the new investment strategy and the new financial advice we want to deliver is now gonna take us in a different direction. Because if we're not taking a different direction, you should stay with what you have, mm. which is the best bit of being independent, that you can deliver that advice and say, hey, half of what you've got is amazing, just keep that, and then look at the other half that perhaps we can position better and differently, then let's take that on board, keep it where it is, and gradually work that into our best of ideas moving forward. Mm. And that is quite different in our sort of financial advisor world. Yeah. So I guess what you've described is um, I'm sensing a difference between how the corporates manage it and how uh, independent wealth management companies like your own manage it. They're, they're quite different approaches. Yeah, right? different approaches and neither are wrong. Okay, so uh, an approach of kind of investing capital all on one day, you sit back and say that's got a, uh, you know, most clients are investing for 30 years. Now, they don't really think that far ahead ordinarily because if you're putting money into a pension scheme and you're in your 40s, then that money is going to be invested most likely for 30 years. So you are taking a long-term position. So if you invest all in one go, then that that is still going to be better, arguably, than holding it in cash over those 30 years, especially mm. with base rates being as low as they are. So the corporate proposition is absolutely fine. What's much more fun and exciting on the independent line, which is the business that we've created, is to finesse how that capital enters the market and when it's reviewed. Yeah, yeah. So for each of our investments, we have uh, certain uh, tolerances for risk, for profit we want to see from that investment, and the minimum level of loss we're also prepared to accept. And we constantly reevaluate that for clients behind the scenes outside of a standard client review meeting mm. um, which again we, we, we've created a business that that wants to do that and, and can deliver that and you've just got to have very very good systems in place to be able to be quite fleet of foot yeah so WKM uh, came together with I guess it's made up of four four partners and, and, and yeah. incredibly experienced uh, financial uh, professionals really so um, what what brought you guys together and what 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 was the catalyst for I guess breaking out on your own ultimately yeah I think individually the four directors had their own personal reasons for kind of breaking away from a corporate life and creating a very uh, unique individual business the one thing that bound us all we're all extremely similar in, in that we, we're all ambitious and we all like a challenge. Um, you know, if you don't like a challenge, then you should arguably not be in business on, on, on your own. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're all pretty happy with with who we were. I mean, for me, I looked at my other three directors and just saw three people at the top of their game. Okay. And and it was really quite inspiring for me to work with other people that were arguably better than I was in their respective fields. I mean, we've got the areas of corporate finance covered via, via Neil, he's our client advisor, but also kind of in-house finance director, you know, auditor for uh, kind of 15, 16 years, uh, also qualified as a financial advisor, and that 
that's just a dream to sit side by side with a chartered accountant mm. delivering mm. client you know tax planning it, it's just amazing um, Tim Kirby you know, has run a business before um, you know, compliance director also experienced client manager you know the kind of tongue in cheek there is I recruited him at my old kind of place <laughs> I used to work for so I know Tim really well Ben, investment director, again, worked with him for you know, 15, 16 years. You know, you know these people, you know what they can do, and you think together we can actually have a fantastic lifestyle business, which is what we've created. You know, mm. I, I've, I've been able to reduce my client portfolio by 75%, and it's just fantastic. You have much more time now to advise people and families yeah. than running from one client to the next or fighting one fire for another fire now it sits really well so having the four of us together with common objectives that hey we want to choose our own destiny we, we don't want to be beholden to a certain set of rules that come down from the top we, you know, we, we don't want to be the top you know, we never wanted to be particularly business owners in our own right mm. but it became very clear to us that if we didn't take control of our own destiny didn't take control of our own working day it became stressful and you know at, at 42 years old I, I don't want you know corporate stress in my life and I, yeah. I want client stress yes. I want the client pressure yeah. I want the client I want to sit in someone's living room and deliver results of the planning to, to date whether that's good or bad and that that kind of excites me so to so to be in that world exclusively on your own terms I mean it's just exciting yeah yeah, and I guess I'm thinking about your your clients and 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 really how how they find you and how how they kind of cross that threshold uh, from um, to learning to trust trust you and and do business with you because I imagine mm. uh, the corporate names which I'm sure we're all know and familiar with mm. uh, probably easier to do business with those guys because they're familiar but an independent uh, smaller. Uh, wealth management companies yeah, you, how, how do you find that uh, relationship I, it, it's this sort of it's, it's a very delicious sort of balance okay so as an independent firm you, you can sit back and think well how, how on earth do you get your name out there how on earth do you advertise for clients and, and the real truth of this is we we don't want to advertise for clients we, we don't want a, an article in the uh, Leicester Mercury. We, we don't want to put an advert out there to say, hey, we're financial advisors, come and talk to us. It's much more exciting for us to speak to the professional world. So historically, you know, my, um, my finding of new clients was talking to accountants. So back in uh, kind of 2003, I would just ring accountants and try and get meetings to talk to them uh, about my specialisms, about me. So yeah. my, my, my personal background is a pension specialist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did it for 19 years exclusively and like to think that I'm pretty good. And my, the accountants and professionals that I know understand that's my bag. So they understand that anything pension related can come my way and you know kind of classic industry expert in that sort of field mm. and that field itself is so broad and diverse that you've got to specialize in a very certain niche of it and my certain yeah. niche of it is in private client wealth yeah. in, in, in pensions yeah so the referrals come in from our professional development so we we like the idea and we we find joy in the position of, <clears throat> of getting on really well with that professional accountant because if they refer a client that client will then need us to speak to their accountant on their behalf 
which is again is a huge differentiator of, of where we sit in this financial advice world mm. that our best marketing is talking to your accountant about you yeah which that that doesn't come at an extra cost that that for me if i had a financial advisor they're talking to my lawyer and my accountant about the planning they want to deliver and that's the that's the important point of they're having that conversation before the planning is entered into to understand are there any detrimental knock-on effects of us doing this planning for uh, for the client yes or no because if there is any kind of objections mm. or any kind of concerns let's address them at that point which then becomes uh, your best piece of marketing because you've got a happy client that may refer you to their other clients and you've got a happy professional which can be the best thing ever yeah yeah and and I guess you um, you talk about your your specialism being pensions and your that's your, mm. your area of expertise that you've built over time but um, am I right in thinking that you've uh, you, you're also a bit of an expert with uh, financials related to divorce as well yeah, yeah, absolutely. A number of clients have been through this position yeah. them, themselves, um, but on both sides of the coin, you know, those that need to understand what their their partner has in terms of investments and wealth, and also need to better understand what they have, and to then openly discuss that with um, you know the legal profession. You know, my my own kind of realization is that where we sit on that financial advice side is. You almost forget you have such a great knowledge of what every single product in the marketplace has been built to do and what it costs to build that product. So it's very simple to understand that pensions, because they have tax relief up front, they don't cost as much to build big capital positions. Mm. But actually, that, that upfront relief comes with a, a timeline that it can't be accessed fully without paying some significant tax penalties. Yeah. And having a discussion in a very stressful, a very emotional, divorce sort of scenario, having that kind of calm approach to say, this is what we're looking at, now this is the real value to you, that for us has always been a pretty powerful conversation to have. So mm. out of something that can be extra extremely stressful, we like to think that we kind of bridge that gap between the legal profession and the, the kind of client's own perception. Yeah, yeah. So I hear, I hear you talk, <coughs> talking quite passionately about the work that you do um, um, and, and really the pride I guess you take in, in, in uh, you know, uh, supporting your clients. Um, does, that, does that come from, uh, where, where does that passion come from? Is that about personal values? Is that about a challenge or a sought opportunity? Yeah, I, I guess I, I do like to become expert in whatever I want to, to do. So, I mean, this this goes back to how did I get into financial advice? So, in yeah. two thousand and in summer two thousand, I left university with a degree in economics from Birmingham, and I wanted to be an accountant. You know, I wanted to be uh, an auditor. I wanted to be a chartered accountant, and I wanted to work for one of the big five, you know, Deloitte or uh, PwC, and it it just didn't pan out because every time I went to interview stage. It, it was just not kind of resonating with me. So when I'm going through the assessment days, I'm not really kind of trying mm. my hardest. I've not got any passion behind mm. it. So the applications didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then I read more around UK financial services and thought, you know, stockbroking, that looks quite interesting. And then it was a subsector of that really, of, of financial planning. And I thought, this is, this, is, this is what I can do. This is what I'm good at. So I can talk to families 
about family wealth and understand and hold those quite crunch conversations. Yeah. So I, I love to do that. You know, that, that that's what I found that I'm particularly good at. And when you're particularly good at something and your passion's behind it as well, it can take you to some really exciting places. So it, for me, the most exciting destination, you know, isn't going to London and having dinner in the Shard and talking to a big corporate team and trying to you know, sell your proposition to them. Mm. It's sat in someone's living room in Narborough. Yeah. And I've sat there for 15 years and I have my chair now in the living room. That's where <laughs> I sit. And I know that, that one partner is going to make me a cup of tea and the other yeah. partner will bring me biscuits. Yeah. And we have however long it takes. That's the beauty of, of being independent. I, I don't need to sit there and think, I've got to be out of here in an hour. You know, I no longer book three meetings in a day. I kind of book one meeting for that day because mm. I want to be there for as long as it takes to, to get this uh, financial planning into the spot where it delivers for that, for that family. Mm. And those meetings may include other family members who will come in as well. Yes. I mentioned other professionals yeah. who might come in. And that, you know, understanding what you're really good at and what you, you passionately like to do in, in life that that just it's just it makes it so easy. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't come to work. You, you come and sit in an office with with arguably your friends, and you're all talking about different clients across the desk, and you're all talking about uh, Jeff and Margaret, and they've got this on their table, and they're thinking of doing this, and you're discussing it as a team, but mm. you're not discussing a problem. You're discussing your you kind of friends almost. Yeah. And what yeah. do you think they should be doing? And then when you're delivering that. It's super easy because you have a telephone conversation before you send a letter. Because our world is governed by if it isn't written down, it didn't happen. In in this kind of highly regulated world where it's it's very expensive if you get something wrong, you know, to have everything tested. That's why we test things across other professionals before it goes to the client. Because from a corporate risk point of view, Hmm. you want to make sure you've got this as 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 spot on as possible. Yeah. So I imagine you. You develop that uh, almost that friendship. You said it yourself, didn't you? That that friendship with your clients uh, over a period of time. So as you as you as you work with them, support them over uh, many years. By the sounds of things, they're quite yeah. long relationships. Yeah. Aren't they? So I, I've got some clients dating back to kind of two thousand and five. Um, that they're just they're just super long term relationships, and, mm. and they, they the bizarre position is they were not friends of mine until I set up a new business. You know, before it was, I've got a certain amount of time to do the planning. Yeah. And they were clients of mine because I like to think I was really good at getting the planning correct. And if there was ever a problem, a speed bump, it was me dealing with it. So I wasn't handing it off to somebody else in a team. I wasn't sort of saying, well, I'm going to bemoan the situation because it went wrong with somebody else's fault, not mine. You know, I'm sat in your living room. It is me that is accountable and I will solve this. That was my kind of mantra all the way through a corporate life. And then when I became an independent, you, you, you had that same kind of skill set, dead simple. But anyone who kind of moved from moved over to you, you I just got them that emotional connection. And, and now, you know, this morning I was at a client's house in Longwatton, just picking up, um, you know, paperwork. Now, ordinarily, I'd have asked that to be posted, mm. but I actually wanted to go around and, and see what they'd been doing to the garden because we've been talking over the phone of his having some work done and thinking, Do you know what, I really want to see that. So, yeah, I'll take out an hour and a half of the morning, go to his house, pick up the paperwork, have a coffee, sit in the shade, and it was just fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I guess it's you. That's it. I guess that's the difference, isn't it? Really, between uh, you know, the corporate world where you've got so many time pressures, uh, limited time to invest in your clients. You're yeah. actually describing you're investing yeah. your time very openly uh, with with less clients, and and that that can only serve to develop the trust and strengthen that relationship over time. Yeah, the, the, the trust is something quite interesting because I, I you know, I, I thought about this pre-podcast. You know, what, why do clients trust you? Honestly, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they trust us. Um, if it, obviously, they should and they can. But it, it is that I do like to have regular communication with clients. I do like to make sure they understand everything that we're signing up to and what they're signing up to with us. You know, we, we want to be on this journey with them. It, it, it's not satisfying for us to just create the most capital value for clients. You know, we, we are good at that, but mm. that, that won't give us passion. Giving us passion is, is delivering the conversation that, you know, you wanted to retire at 67 and you're 50. Well, trust me, you'll be retiring at 55 with this planning. And actually, when you can get that to 53, that's, that's just mind-blowing. That's the best position in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. So, so I hear you're talking really passionately about what you do and your clients, and there's a, there's a strong sense of pride coming through there. Um, on on your journey to this point, if, as, as, have you had um, role models and anybody who's particularly inspired you uh, to, to, to come to this point? Yeah, there's... You kind of take inspiration from different quarters. So the initial inspiration to kind of go solo was definitely came from one of my legacy clients that they've done a similar thing in their corporate career and they become involved in a big business. They've gotten to the top of the chain and they had in their mind a clear line of sight for their retirement. So they hit their capital value and then they decided, right, I'm cashing out, I'm retiring. I'm going to buy that property opposite the, the golf course in St Andrews, and and they're, they're happily kind of retired super early in life. And while I don't want to retire super early, seeing them get so passionate about running that business and having a proper objective for their life and their family really kind of empowered me that that this is what I want, and I feel I can do it. I know I can't do it solo. I need the help of my friends. That's why I've gone in business with, with three other people yeah. that are A, top of their game, B, I can trust them. And and together, we, we've got something pretty pretty special to deliver. So that was pretty inspirational. Um, and it's also quite nice working with other people that are better than you. You take inspiration from them as well. Yeah. So every time Ben's sat there looking at the investment markets and he's, he's identifying a new fund that... My first reaction is, we're not doing that. That's that's bad news, mate. We, we can't do that. That's crazy. And he, and he sits there and he kind of looks at me and he goes, look, let me tell you why I think it's a good idea. And then you can come to me with your, um, your views afterwards. And it it's just great because if you have people in life that, that challenge you in that really positive way, you're then inspired. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you're feeding off each other. As you were talking, then I'm thinking, crikey, Ben's probably thinking... I could do this much faster and quicker without these guys around me, but it's it's actually the where it's the end game, isn't it? Where the, the contribution of all four it's the journey. That, I mean, you, 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 you can be that lone wolf, yeah. which is where I was in, in, in a different world. Yeah. Lone wolf and doing your own thing, and you'll get from A to B in the fastest possible time. Yeah. You'll enjoy it more if you wander through the meadow a little bit, get to the river, have a sit down and really think about what you're doing. Yeah. And then when you deliver that advice and you get to that end result, 
it's just such a bet. It's such a, such a bet. The best journey you'll ever take. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And I, I, I notice you. Um, I guess is your way of giving back to the the, the financial community. You, you, you're VP of. Uh, the Insurance Institute of, of Leicester, is that right? Is that a recent change? Yeah, so I became, uh, I've been, been involved now with the Chartered Insurance Institute for uh, sort of four years and you know, I never really set up, set myself out to to be involved, but I was kind of you know tempted into it from, wouldn't it be great to give something back to your you know financial advice community and you know elevate the standing, you know promote being chartered in your field, that same gold standard level as as chartered accountants and, and solicitors mm. and it's it's just fantastic it's, it's great to be part of that community to be deciding the, the kind of moving forward of what what subject should professional advisors you know learn what is changing in our industry delivering uh, all of that kind of professional development it, which is just it's, it's great to be part of that sort of system yeah yeah, I can, I can imagine the uh, the members absolutely benefiting from that that kind of experience and advice uh, that you, you you're supporting them with for sure. Um, and on, on your on your your journey, um, what what is it you're most proud of, Adrian, uh, to, to to this point? Yeah, I think you know I'm, I'm sat here looking at the logo on the wall of, 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 of the of the surnames of the directors, and that 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 makes me pretty proud. Yeah. That's great to see, and that that, that just that symbolises to me that, that we're alive, we're doing well, we're doing way better than we expected. Um, the the kind of conversations that we now have with clients have so much more depth, and I've got the time to be able to, to do that. So I'm, I'm extremely proud of what we've created and what we're delivering back to clients. I mean, to sit in front of a client at the end of 2020, yeah, and say, look, you know, we don't worry about making an investment loss because we've made double digit profit it, it's just it it that kind of rea- reaction on their face of of one relief and then excitement it is it just defines what we're about because you've taken the biggest risk and the biggest volatile position possible that the their life has been disrupted from investments from personal from family from friends and it's been so traumatic for them and mm. now they've got to sit down and talk to me about their investments and they're fearful that that their long-term security has been derailed as well. When you sit there and you say, "Don't you worry, mm. this is we've come out of this better than what we went in," yeah, and that is the objective of any kind of financial crisis that hits. You just aim to come out better and stronger than you went in, and fitter yeah. and more able and agile. And delivering that, you then you know get really proud of what you've done. Mm. Is that as 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 I've guessed recent events over the last few years have they made your position tougher in terms of explaining the the markets the changes the future opportunities to your clients because I guess all we've heard is doom and gloom pretty much for yeah. a couple of years now and hearing doom and gloom and we just hear optimism which is a massive it's such a different mindset of we we, we know on paper you've lost value because at the end of April, end of May, most of people were looking at negative values. Mm. And then to say, look, you know, we've got a plan for this, but the plan's got to be activity. And if you stop making investment decisions, we're not going to make the best of this opportunity that we have, because it, it certainly was an opportunity to, to change investment portfolios and to come out markedly better than you went in. So we're sort of pretty happy with 
with that that, that defines who we are. Yeah. And if every holding on the list, we know exactly where it needs to be from a, from an optimum capital point of view. We know why its valuation is where it is, and barring the unknown unknowns in our world, then we should get to that point. Correctly, correctly identifying and assessing the risk of each opportunity. It is integral and is key for everything that we've been able to, yeah. to, to do. So understanding what is the risk of a 2020 happening again, and then also what's the opportunity that it will bring you, that's really key in financial advice, financial advice and investment management for us. Yeah, yeah. And, and where do you see uh, the future of WKM going? We've got, as you, you mentioned, the logo, great yeah. branding. We're, we're both we're sat in. I'm sat in the offices with with Adrian today, and, and everywhere I look, you've, you've got fantastic branding and, and, and logo. And um, I guess uh, you know that you look at that, and you'd certainly want clients and prospective clients to, to think trust and quality, wouldn't you? For sure, we want to maintain that, that high quality of advice. Mm. You know, you, you can bring anything to us. For legacy positions and we want clients to trust us that will independently look at where they are and, and advise and that that for us now we have a, a critical mass of clients and now we have that almost that that security for us as directors um you know we we're super comfortable in being sat you know in, in our boardroom mm. or in a client's living room and having those on, honest and open discussions yeah. and taking client through that that, that tricky journey of understanding what wealth they've got. Is it enough? Will it ever run out? Those are the key questions that we are set up to answer. Yeah. You know, we, we have no ambition to being, you know, triple the size that we are. <clears throat> we, we, we genuinely don't. We would like to continue looking after the clients that we have. If we meet new people on our journey, that'd be fantastic. The prospect for me of seeing the same clients in Narborough, the same clients in Norfolk, day in, week in, month in, month out, for the next 20 years, mm. just puts a massive smile on my face. Because yeah. they're the conversations that I want to continually have. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I, I wish you every success with that. Um, if, if our listeners want to know uh, more about Adrian or more about WKM, where can, where can they find you? So, uh, wkmwealth.co.uk, that's the website. Uh, we are religious bloggers, so we like to launch a blog every every week. Uh, if you read a whole chunk of those, you should get a very good feel of who we are and if you would sort of fit with us and if you feel you fit with us, then then the contact details on the website. You know, we, we do have a pretty heavy LinkedIn presence as well. Um, so please find us on that platform. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, I wish you every success. You've got an exciting model um, underpinned, I think, by some some great values. Uh, and it, it looks like uh, the, the business with your uh, fellow directors is, is heading in a, a very exciting direction. So I wish you every success. Thank you for your time. Darren, thank you very much. Um, pleasure to have you in our offices finally. You're welcome.